Just start speaking Psalm 91 over your life. Psalm 91, you'll love it. And of course, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, God has not given us that kind of spirit of fear. So we understand the difference between not giving in to fear, but using wisdom as well. So if you don't want to shake hands, you're not going to offend anyone here. Maybe you want to do the elbow bump. That's fine. Maybe you want to do the foot bump. That's fine as well. And if you don't feel like hugging, we, we understand. We used to be a really hugging church, but now that this virus is going around, you may not feel like doing that, and that's okay. And once this is all over, in Jesus' name, we'll, we'll start shaking hands like normal people again, and like a normal Americans, whatever. Hey, good to see everyone today. I'm so happy that uh, you come today and that I get to be your pastor and to bring God's word to you today because I, I love what we're going to be talking about this month. And as a shepherd, I want to take you up some hillsides. I want to share with you that the most, empower, the most powerful thing that you can ever experience is an encounter. Everyone say encounter. Some of you had have that experience, an encounter with a living God. You just don't only understand God, but you have had an encounter with Him. And it's very clear in the Old Testament and the New Testament that God actually wants to have an encounter with us. And I believe that we have to play a role if we want to have this encounter. And we, like I said, you see this in the Old Testament and New. Today I want to take a character from the Old Testament, which I think all of us are going to be able to relate to. And today I want to talk about a gentleman by the name of Jacob. Jacob. He is the grandson of Abraham. He was a twin, and he was actually the second born. And the Bible says, while his twin brother Esau was coming out of the womb, Jacob actually grabbed his heel. Now, can you imagine? Because he wanted to be first. <laughs> he wanted to be born first. And he was trying to pull Esau back. <laughs> Poor mom. That's all I've got to say. And the Bible says that when they were in their mother's womb, they jostled. You know, they kind of fought within their mother's womb. And actually, their lives were marked with this struggle. And I was thinking how a lot of us struggle with things in life. We all struggle with something. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's emotions. Maybe it's identity. Maybe it's the future. It could be the past. It could be maybe your parents, a struggle of people in our lives. It seems like all of us struggle. So if that's you today, I know this message is going to help you. God can move in your life and settle the wrestling that's going on if you let him. You got to let him. So what I want to do today is I want to start closer at the end of the story of Jacob, and he's, he's doing something that's very interesting. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 32. And there's, there's a lot of history, and you can go back in Genesis and read more about Jacob and Esau and his family. But I want to start at Genesis 32, verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Now, I'll save that part of the message for a later time. His two female servants and his eleven sons and crossed the ford at Yabok. 
after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. I want to tell you, sometimes God can do his best work when you're alone. Sometimes when you're alone and you feel desperate. Let's read on. And a man, everyone say a man. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, if you look up the meaning of of the word here in this translation, a man, in theology, there were actually appearances of God in human form several times. How many remember the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace and the king saw, well, hey, who's this fourth man in the fire? Which a lot of scholars, they, they will call this a Christophany, Jesus actually stepping out of the throne of heaven and he played a role in human history and went right back after he was finished going back to heaven. So you're going to find different people believe different things. I believe it was Jesus in a human form that came down. Uh, Some people believe it was an angel, God or the Holy Spirit, but that's just how I believe. I believe it was Jesus. And the man, let's keep reading. When the man, everyone say the man, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. So Jacob was fighting so hard in this encounter with God God had to actually touch him to get him to stop wrestling. And some of you, you can't understand what's going on in your life right now because there's a wrestling that's that's going on. And I want to tell you that you want to let Jesus touch you in a way that your life will forever be changed. And that, wow, what an encounter that will be. Because God wants to get our attention sometimes and he wants to do a work in our life. So he will touch us. Let's read on. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. In other words, I've done enough in your life for now. But Jacob prayed this prayer, and it's been my prayer this year. Let's read it. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. In other words, I'm not going another year how last year was. This year is going to be different because I'm going to hold on to you and I'm, I'm going to keep wrestling with you because I'm, I'm going to wait and I'm going to ask you to bless me. Let's read on. The man asked him, what is your name? And of course, a name represented a past God is asking, what, what, what is your past? What, what labels have people put on you that has defined you? Jacob, he answered. And of course, Jacob means trickster. It means heel grabber. It means deceiver. Now, how would you like that for a name? Deceiver. Heel grabber. I think that's interesting. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. In other words, you're not going to have what has been attached to you any longer. For some of us, it will be, no, you are going to have a healthy marriage now. (laughs) Come on, somebody. You're, You're not going to have this habit 
an addiction any longer. You no longer are going to be the person that people have put labels on you. He says, I'm, I'm no longer going to say that your name is Jacob. Let's read. But Israel, because you have struggled with God the right way and with humans and you have overcome. Then Jacob said this, well, tell me your name. And he replied, why do you ask me my name? And I want to stop there because God doesn't always tell you everything, does he? He doesn't always explain everything. He's going to tell us what we need to know. And what is your name? Why do you ask my name? But then something happened. God's going to bless him there. Then he blessed him there. And I think that's so important. God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I'm, I'm hanging on in this encounter until you bless me. And God blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Or In other words, my life was changed. And that's what happens when you have an encounter with God. You change. You're no longer the same. And from that day on, Jacob walked differently because God had touched his hip. And when God touches you spiritually, your walk will be different as well. I love that. And many of us are wrestling, and I think this might be something to fill in. Many of us are wrestling between who we've become and who we are supposed to be. A lot of us wrestle with who we become and who's labeled us, and yet who we are supposed to be. It's like, you know there's still a person that's good and has purpose inside. And you know who you're supposed to be. But all these labels that people put on us, it's like a wrestling mania that's going on. WrestleMania. How many of you think that wrestling's fake? Raise your hand. I'll pray for the rest of you then that said you think it's real. The rest of you need prayer. No. There's always one that's trying to dominate the other, isn't there? There's the struggle, there's pain, and a lot of times there's blood. And it's always something that's trying to get you down and pin you down and make you a loser. But when you look at the life of Jacob in this wrestling match, he actually wrestled three times in life. And I want to show you some things that we can do to stop the wrestling. Is that good? Let's stop the wrestling that's going on in our lives. And here's the first one, and this is a given. We wrestle with our past, if you want to fill that in. We wrestle with our past. Some of us get so discouraged. Man, I can't believe this happened to me. I I can't believe this person has gone out of my life. Or I can't believe this person has stayed. Or... I can't believe I still work here. Or I, I can't believe I don't have a job. Or I can't believe I don't have a degree yet. Or I can't believe I got a degree, but it's the wrong one. Everybody just kind of wrestles with something. And we spend so much energy wrestling about the past and how we got to where we are instead of where God wants to take us. Let's say you want to... Let me give you an example. Let's say you want to take a trip to Florida. 
and you get one of those old-fashioned maps. You don't have a phone that has Google Maps on it. So you get a map out, and you're on your way to Florida, but somehow you end up in Maine. Somebody took a wrong turn somewhere. And when you get to Maine, you realize, I'm not in Florida. This is not the vacation I wanted. And so this is what we do sometimes in life. We, we look at the map, and we look at every wrong turn while we're in Maine on the map. Well, I should have turned here, and I should have turned here, and I should have taken this road. I should have done something different here. And that's exactly what we do in our lives sometimes. We're at the wrong place. We got there by making mistakes, possibly, by making the wrong turns, and we end up not where we wanted to be in life. When all we have to do is use the same map, take the right roads, and it will lead us back to Florida where we want to be. And I encourage you today to quit looking at your life map and going over every little time that you did something wrong because the devil wants to keep on beating you up and beating you up and beating you up. No, take the road map that you've been given. It's called the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that. Take that road map and use it to get where you know you need to be. Can I get a good amen, somebody? And Jacob wanted to be number one. And because he wasn't number one, they named him Deceiver, second in line. And they put this label on him. And he didn't even have control over it. I mean, he, he was born, and this is what they name him. And if you want to fill this in, we can't go back and change the beginning. But we can start where we are and change the ending. That is so good. We can't go back and change the beginning. And that's true. You can't go back, can you? We can try and try. You can't go back and change that. But we can start where we are in Maine and change the ending and end up in Florida where we want to be. The Bible tells us to forget those things that are behind us and to press forward to what's in front of us. Look at Deuteronomy 4 and 29. And this is really interesting. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. But if from there, and and I've never really thought about that before, but if from there, where is there? The mistakes. You're in Maine. The jobs or the, the marriage. But if from there... You seek the Lord, your God. You will find Him if you seek Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. That's good, isn't it? That's a good word. I've done so many weddings, and I love weddings because normally young people are so gullible and naive. And and I was too. And guess what? You were too. But I still love it because I, I believe in love. Don't you? I, I love these weddings that we do. And, and there's, there's all these vows, and sometimes they'll do their own. But when, when I do the vows, there, there's a line that says, from this day forward. In other words, you may have dated other people in your life before, but now you're vowing from this day forward. 
baby, you're mine. That's what you're saying. And so some of us need that kind of attitude from this day forward. From this day forward. From today. Here at Life Church, this day moving forward, I'm no longer going to wrestle with my past because I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to bring it to the Lord and I'm going to leave it right there. And of course, Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. And he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. And I love that. God is... He's got mercy that's new every morning. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I am making a way. There's your map. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Praise God. So we want to quit wrestling with our past. But I want to tell you the second thing that we need to do. We need to quit wrestling with our secrets. Because sometimes that's exactly what we do. We wrestle with our secrets. Jacob was named deceiver before he started deceiving. He had this label, and he started living out the label that was put on him. And he wanted his father's blessing. And some of you know the story. Uh, his, his older twin was actually a hunter. He was red and hairy and scary, is what I like to say. And he, he looked like the guy that, that was out in the woods. You know what I'm talking about? The, the monster-looking guy. And he, he was the oldest, and he was the hunter. But Jacob, he was a mama's boy, the guy we're talking about today. He actually liked to be with the women in the tents cooking. Just saying. And so here comes his older brother, and he's hungry, and he didn't catch anything. He was hunting and didn't have anything to eat. And his brother had, had dinner ready. And so what, what's going on is that Esau comes along and he says, you know, I'm hungry, give me some to eat. And Jacob, he's a deceiver. And he said, well, some of your birthright, give it to me and I'll give you something to eat. <laughs> he's a character. The amazing thing is Esau gave up his blessing for food, which is kind of scary because sometimes we give up what is most important for something that's so temporary, don't we? And we, we lose out on fast food. So Esau agreed, and later another deceitful thing is going to happen. Jacob, you know, he's, he's smooth skin. He's not like his brother. He actually smells good because his brother's a hunter and out in the field and sweating all the time. And so he's going, his dad's dying. And so what he does is he goes out and he kills some animals and he, he puts the animal skins on him. So that when he goes to his dad, his dad says, well, you, you, his dad's blind at this point. And he's ready to die and he's ready to give his blessing. And, and his dad says, well, you sound like Esau. I mean, you sound like Jacob, but you say you're Esau. And, and, here, and here Esau's out hunting to give something to his dad to eat. His dad's asking for it. And, and Jacob knew what was going on through his mom. So he comes in with the food and, and with the costume. 
the deceiver is deceiving again. And his dad can't see, so he feels his arm. He goes, yeah, you, you feel like your brother. This, this is Esau. And he ends up giving his blessing to the second in line because he's the deceiver, and he always wants to be first. It was always a struggle for him. But yet what is amazing about this is that his, his brother comes in and uh, Esau and says, Dad, I want your blessing. And his dad realizes what had happened and that he had been deceived in his old age. He still gave a blessing uh, to the first, but it, it was always a problem. And it was always something that was going on between the brothers. Deceit. Actually, he pretended to be something that he was not. And we actually can do the same thing, if we'll be honest. God cannot bless who we pretend to be. God cannot bless who we pretend to be. I want you to look at Proverbs 28 and verse 13. He who conceals his sins does not prosper. Yeah, you you might get all the wealth in the world, but you won't feel prosperous. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. King David did the same thing. He, he messed up in a royal way. Loved this lady who was married, had her husband killed in the war, and he marries her after he had an affair with her while her husband was still alive. And notice what David says in Psalm 32, verse 3. When I refuse to confess my sin, when I refuse to confess my sin, that's wrestling without resting. (laughs) My body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. I'm going to tell you, God can't bless you when you're pretending to be something that you're not. And David was acting like nothing was wrong. And David was acting, yeah, I'm, I'm the king. I'm the good guy. Notice this, what he wrote. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. That's what I love about God. He forgives and he removes. And that's a word for somebody today. God will forgive you and he can remove it from your life. And the blood of Jesus will wash you clean. What did we just sing a few moments ago? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we wrestle with our past. We wrestle with our secrets. And here's the third one. And we wrestle with God like Jacob. Jacob tried everything. He he tried the right marriage. He tried getting the right money, the right herds, giving Esau things and taking things away from Esau and living with him and living without him. But it still brings him right back to an encounter with God. 
Try everything that you want to try. Do whatever you feel like you want to do, but you will come back to God. When you are at death's door, you come back. And I pray that people don't wait till then. And here's the thing. And when you see him face to face, let God begin to change you from the inside. The inside out. Try everything. And when everything else fails, try Jesus. We used to sing that song, didn't we? When you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. Pretty good song. Let's look at scripture. And and this is something that you need to really lean into. Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse 7. And this is what the Holy Spirit says. Today when you hear His voice, and I know the Holy Spirit is speaking. When you hear His voice, this is what needs to happen. Don't harden Don't harden your hearts. I mean, don't worry what friends or co-workers or family is going to think or that you're going to ruin your reputation as Israel did when they rebelled and tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience even though they saw miracles for 40 years. I want to tell you, the Bible says God's spirit will not always strive with man. God will not always deal with him. It's, and, and how that works is that you actually push him away from your life. You keep pushing and pushing, you know, he'll stay away. So I was angry with them, reading on, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. And I want to tell you, until you get real with God, you will never truly find true rest. But those who have given in in this encounter with God, how many are glad that you have found the place of rest? Can I see your hands today? A place of rest. And He allows us to have this WrestleMania and, you know, there's the chair and the guy's going to jump off the, the chair and the rails and getting ready to jump on top of us and, If that's what your life looks like and feels like, this is what you need to do today. Give up being in control. Give up being in control. Jacob always had his own solutions. And he decided that night, I'm going to leave my possessions, I'm going to leave my family, and I'm going to meet face to face with God. And I want to give you a couple principles as I end today in this message. And this is the first, and you can write this down. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. Brokenness. I love when I see brokenness in someone's life. Because I know that that's going to bring a breakthrough. When when you come to God and you say, God... I'm tired. God, I, I'm just finished. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it. And I, I just empty out myself and 
I repent before you, God. I'm, I'm broken and I need you. Psalm 51 and 17. The sacrifices of worship of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. And here's what I want you to get today. God is not looking for perfection. Hear me today. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for honesty. That's what He's looking for. He's waiting for you to be honest with Him and say, I'm tired, I'm done, I've got to give up control of my life. Billy Joel sang a song about honesty. It's such a lonely word. Everyone seems so untrue, but it's it's what I need from you. And I believe that, that that's what God could be singing over us sometimes. Look at 1 Peter 5 and 5. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to who? To who? The humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. And I want to tell you today, you need to give your whole life to God. Give your whole life to God. Well, pastor, I'll just come to church when I feel like it. I'll come 40% of the time. I made a deal with God, and we're good with that. Really? Okay, I hope that works out for you. I'll do a Bible study sometime, but not now, because it's starting to get spring, and the weather's getting nice, and I don't want to spend six Wednesday nights doing a Bible study. Or I don't want to get involved in a small group. I don't have time for that. Nobody got time for that. You know, you'll, you'll still go to heaven, but you'll be wrestling all the way. <laughs> God, God wants to give you his best. God wants to give it to you, but you've got to go all in. Everyone say all in. All in. And I'm going to close with this scripture right here. It's Mark 8 and 34. And Jesus, he's calling the crowd to join his disciples. And he said, anyone who intends to come to me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. That's a good scripture, isn't it? He says, anyone who intends to come to me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. C.S. Lewis said this, and you can fill this in. I become my own only when I give myself to another. I become my own only when I give myself to another. And I was thinking this week how fortunate I am to have Kim as my wife because... I gave myself to her and pledged that I would be faithful to her. And in this union, I am complete because I get the blessing of who Kim is. And she completes me. She makes me one. And I love that in my life, that I have this beautiful lady with a beautiful spirit. And we are one. And she completes me. And I'm 
and, and I, what I told her I was, when we got married, I said, I'm all in. You're the one for me. I'm, I'm all in. And some of you have done the same thing in the natural with your spouse. You, you said, I, I give up everything else from this day forward. I'm all in. And that's what God wants from you. He wants you to be honest. He wants you to be honest. I'm all in. He wants to give you his best. But you've got to let him lead. And I I love the, the old song, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. And I'll go with him all the way. And so a beautiful thing happened. An amazing thing happened there while Jacob was wrestling with God. God said, no longer are you going to be called the label that everybody's put on you. But your name is now going to be changed to Israel. And when we become saved, you know what the Bible says? We wear his name. What is his name? His name is Jesus. If you were Jewish, it would be Yeshua. Jesus. And the Bible says, many occasions, you'll find scripture that says, we wear his name as believers. What happened? Because in covenant, when we said, God, I'm all in. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus Christ is Lord. I need your salvation in my life. When that happens... There's a name exchange that's going on. And he says, you no longer are going to be labeled any longer the names that and labels that people have put on you. Trickster, deceiver, heel grabber, addicted, whatever the labels may be in life. But he said, I'm going to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to take your name. And I'll even write it in the palm of my hand, the Bible says. Did you know that? Your name is written in the palm of his hand. Somewhere in the scarring of the hand of Jesus. And in covenant, in return, you get to wear his name. And we wear his name. Aren't you glad for that? I feel his presence. When I totally surrender and say, from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, I will forsake all others. I'm all in, God. I'm all in.